All right, well, that's my baby right there. So going on 22 years, I will echo what she said. Obviously, we love these guys, these pastors. We consider it an honor to be in relationship with you. Uh, it's an honor to be on the board. You get to have so many different people covering this church and speaking into this church. Uh, and I appreciate it. It's an honor. And I don't take that lightly. Uh, if one thing I, I think about and I know about Mark and Kara is when they love each other, they love their family, and they love, love, love Jesus. And out of that, man, that's that's a dynamic duo right there uh, together. And I believe God wants to download some things in us. He wants to build our faith. Come on, when we come together on Sundays, that's that's the moment we get. We get healed. We get restored. We get refreshed. We come in our portion. We come bring our supply. And all of a sudden, now the, the members of the body are working and functioning together. And the whole thing comes to life it, it, it takes some health and and so never uh never look at things that you're going through as something you have to navigate alone okay and i believe this because i know the heart of the the pastors in the room and andrew and his wife back there and, and i just I, I know this is a reality it's okay to not be okay it's just not okay to stay that way because you get in the presence of God, you get in an environment of worship like we were just in, and God starts moving, starts working, starts changing. And we get the Word, the Word is given, the Word's taught, the Word's delivered, and faith starts rising in our hearts. That's how it works. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. And so I'm excited today just to dive into a Word that I believe God's dropped in my heart. Uh, we do have the honor and privilege of uh, of leading a, a church here in Broomfield in the area, um, but we also oversee Highway Ministries International as the the initial creators of it, if you will, planning churches, trained leaders all over the world. And so we've got the joy of traveling globally. Uh, we have another church down in Arvada, great couple, uh, leading pastor down there. And so we're, we're just privileged and honored to be here with you. And I, I want you to hear that up front. We don't take this lightly to be asked to be invited, even though it's last, into this environment. I don't know, there's, like, there's a lot of sure, yeah, best for last or not that any other board members are watching this at all right now. Uh, or the first should be last or the last should be first. I don't know. There's something about it. Maybe it was just, it was, it was a perfect time because God knew you would be here and together, we're together today. This is, this is nice. And so I like feedback. All right. So I love to interact. Uh, and so I'm not here to entertain. I'm not here just to, to give you a word. I want, I want feedback. I want you to talk to me as God's downloading to you. Um, because we dive into the word. I mean, you open like Hebrews 11. You know, there's so much just chock full uh, uh, information, instruction of how to navigate, understand faith. And you get down to verse 6, and it talks about without faith it's impossible to please God. And all of us want to please God in our journey, in, in, in our life, we want to please God. And so without faith it's impossible for he who comes to God, first off, must believe that he is. And I think a lot of us get that right. Uh, I believe in God. I believe he is but that he is also a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so the fact that you're in church, of all the things on a beautiful sunny day that you could be doing right now in Colorado, you're in church, come on, you're watching online, and the fact of you doing that, you are diligently seeking after God, and he is a rewarder of those. Come on, say, I got a reward. I got a reward. The fact that you showed up today diligently seeking God, God wants to pour life into your heart. He wants to renew you. He wants to restore marriages. He, he wants to help you navigate the choices you're going to have to, to make this week. And so we start looking at that. And for us to, to diligently seek Him means we have a growth mindset. And that's something a lot of times we take for granted. Well, I've just grown up in church, and this is what I do on Sundays. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to challenge you as a board member of this church. If you have a growth mind, if you come in not just to go through the motions of religious duties and obligations, but you come in with a, a, a purpose, a vision, a, a heart that's postured, God, I want to grow today. Today, help me become more like Christ and what I hear and how I interact with people. And I'm telling you, if we have a growth mindset, I can do so much more in and through our lives, through our church and, and what we're doing in the community and, and, and the state and the, the, the country. I mean, it just keeps growing from there. And so my assignment today, I felt like the Holy Spirit just said, he is come in and build some faith. Come on, just come in and encourage. Just just bring a little wind and put it in the cell and let God do what he wants to do. And so something I start every message at my church with, and I'm going to have you repeat after me. I want to grow. God, you have more. I want to know it. 
See, it's so often we, we take for granted, once again, if we're postured to be taught. Have you ever tried to go give somebody instruction or correction, whether it's, it's in your family or at the job site, and you know they weren't wanting to hear it? It's, it's like, you know, you might as well just go, you know, find a brick wall and just hit your head a few times. That, that, that would just get it over with quicker. You know what I'm saying? But, but we, we posture ourselves to be teachable. God help me have instruction and learn. Then I am willing to grow on the other side of it. And God's word is seed. It will produce life when we get on this side of us. It, it has no other option. That's the beauty of it. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter three. And here's one of the letters that the apostle Paul wrote. Ephesians, we're going to look at chapter 3, and uh, there's a church in Ephesus that was full of Christians that, that Paul, as an overseer, said, I want to write this letter. I want to encourage them. I want to challenge them. I want to correct them. But we find this passage. I want to read verses 12 through 20, and uh, and I'm in the English Standard Version for us uh, that we're looking through this. And, and I'm just going to jump in right in. It says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every father or family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the rich of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend all with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know, come on, we want to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Now I want to read that last verse out of the NIV version. It says, to Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that works in us. So today, if you, if you want to put a title to it, there might be a slide uh, or re- making notes. Today is titled, There is More. Come on, just say it. There is more. And I want us to dive into this because we look at that verse right there, more than, do immeasurably more than. There is more, more than. And so we hear that word or that phrase, more than. What is your more than? What is What does that mean to you? What does more mean to you? So think about that because you know, for some of us, it is a material thing. There is, there's more. There's something that you're needing, you're working, you're believing for. There, there, there might be more of God that you're after, more of God's plan for your life. You're trying to discover more of what it looks like for you to live as a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Maybe there's more. When it comes to church, there, there's never an end to the more people in this area that need to, to meet Jesus, that need to be invited into a dynamic community like this there, there's more and every one of us has a more that we're believing for today every one of you there's not one person in this room or watching online that doesn't have a more that they're going to god you're going to god you're asking god you're in your prayer closet you're you're, you're thinking about it when you go to your work i mean you might not even think about god in that moment you're doing that task but there's there's a reason behind what you're doing there's more that every one of us are after that we're believing for or we should be believing for see see sometimes we miss the more that we should be after because we're distracted or disillusioned by the lack of a more or another more that's taking the place of what we should be focused on but all of us have a more you're you're in a good uh, environment right now because everybody in this room around you has a more that they're after they're believing for I mean, Joseph, Joseph had a more, the dreamer, he, as, as he had a more, every, every crisis that came in, it seemed like that became a little bit more impossible for him to really see and experience this dream that was in heart. Sarai, in the Old Testament, married to Abram, she had a more, but the age of her body and the age of her husband, it looked like there was no way that a, a baby's cook could be a part of their tent environment. Amram, Jacobed. That was Moses' parents. They had a more they were believing for. Is they had third, a son, and the law was passed that if you had a male child, they're going to be killed. And, and three months into it, their more is setting this, this baby in a basket and 
pushing him through the reef of the Nile, believing for his safety. Every one of us have a more. What is your more? What is it you're, you're wrestling with today? And what's fascinating about this, this passage, this letter to Ephesians, is the fact that Apostle Paul is writing this from prison, a Roman prison. I mean, think about what would it look like? What would you be doing if you're in prison? I mean, are you writing letters to churches? Are you encouraging people? You got the metal can, like, nobody knows this. You know what I'm saying? Like, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, I mean, what trouble? I mean, what, what, do you, what is your posture when you're in the middle of a crisis or when you're in the middle of prison or jail? Here, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter and he's encouraging. Hear the faith, knowing his environment. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to His power that works in us. Come on, say it one more time. There's more. And the beauty of this is that He is able. See, when you start looking at that Scripture, and that's what we're doing today, we're not just picking this apart. We're looking at what Apostle Paul, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said, to Him who is able to do. He's able. So no matter what your more, no matter what my more is in this room, it all starts with God's ability. Think about that. If it starts with God's ability, it doesn't mean your ability to go acquire that more. Now, now that should that you should breathe a sigh of relief right now of what you've been you're banging your head against, you've been pushed against the resistance. I've got to get this. I've got to have this more. And if we can start the day and just breathe in and exhale this truth, that it all starts with God's ability, not mine. And that sets us up in a posture that we can start developing faith. We can grow in that area. Able, that word able, it's the same similar word to the word power in the same verse. But dunamahi is a Greek word here where dunamus is power. You're going to see how it correlates. Able means to have power by virtue of inherent ability and resources. What does that mean? Our God is able. And in and of Himself, there is no inability. That's a pretty cool thought. What is your more you're needing to see happen in your life? Think about that. His ability, there is no inability to help you get to that more. And especially when you start diving into a relationship with Jesus and you start letting Him mend and mold and, and, and fashion and craft your heart and your purpose and your will and all that, and all of a sudden the desires of your heart, God is more desiring to meet that than even you desire to see that met. He, in His ability, is not limited. What is the more you're after? Some of you have people that have been trying to discourage you, trying to con you out, convince you that that more is not what God wants for you. I don't know. But if you've got a word from God, as we're going to find out through this message, if you've got something that's going on inside of you, and there's a more that's a, a spiritual, a supernatural unction, I'm going to tell you, hold on to that more. And don't let anybody else talk you out of it. They might not understand. That's okay. There's a lot of people in Scripture, Jesus himself included, that people around him did not understand what God's purpose for them was. But there's no inability in God. How amazing is that? William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, used to say this, that the Lord saved from the guttermost to the uttermost. I love that. The fact that, that there's no life too lost. It, it does not matter if it's Kanye West, if it's Justin Bieber, if it's a Mark Harper, if it's a Steve Hunter. There is no one too far for God to reach. And that's the beauty of it. He has in himself no inability. Some of you, it's your neighbor. It's a relative. It's a child. I, I don't know who it is that you're wondering, God, can they be reached? I'm here to tell you, there's more He can do. There's no inability in God. So think about this. He saved your life, which you as a Christ follower acknowledge that, you believe that. I want to tell you today, that's amazing. That's awesome. But more. He's healed your body. Come on, let's praise God for the healings that have been manifest in our life, in our body, in our physical stature, in all the different things we fought, we've won. That's amazing. Praise God. I want to tell you, there's more. He restored your marriage. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. I just want you to know, there's more. He gave you a building. I don't know He gave you a house. I don't know what it is, but I want you to hear today. Come on, say it with me. There's more. There's more. There's more. 
It doesn't matter what your age is, whether you're middle school, high school, college. You're, you're, you feel like you're a senior. Like, well, I want to tell you, seniors in this room, there's more. Your greatest days are ahead. Your greatest days are ahead. Your greatest days are ahead. Come on. Caleb charged his mountain at age 80. There's more. What is it God's purpose in this season for you? There is more. And I want you to get that as we're going towards this message. Understandably, God is able to do immeasurably more right now in this moment in your life if you will let Him move and work and do what He wants to do. He wants the more, more than we want the more, most often. So what is that? What is the thing that's tugging on your heart? He saves souls. He restores dreams. He heals hurts. He renews hope. That's what God does. He does that. And there's more on the other side of that. So many Christians stop at the cross and we need the cross and the cross is redemptive and it's amazing, the sacrifice. But I'm telling you, church, there's a life on the other side of the cross. There's a life on the other side of the tomb. He's not dead. He's not on the cross. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Him and we're seated with Him in heavenly places. I want you to hear, church, there's more. It's great that you're getting forgiveness, but let's live victorious. Let's live freedom. Let's live the redemptive life on the other side of the cross. There's more. There's more. Maybe in your own life you've you've experienced God doing the impossible. You thought in a moment, in a season of your journey, there was no hope. You thought the odds were against you. You thought it was impossible for the circumstance to change, but God stepped in and everything changed. Everything shifted. God stepped in, did infinitely more, exceedingly abundantly above all that you and I could ask or think to Him who is able to do. He is able to do. So knowing that, truly realizing God's ability leads us to response. I'm going to give three responses today. This, this, is, this is my assignment. This is all I want us to get. And, and I've packaged it away. I think you can read it as we leave. The first one is living larger. Living larger. Our response to this is that there's something we should do with the fact that there's more and God's ability is our foundation. i got to live larger. Now, what do you mean? Because everybody, once again, can have a different perspective of what that means to live larger. And, and I was thinking about what's inside. What has God deposited if His Word is seed and He's purposed your life, my life? There's a will that's in motion for us to, to be a part, to be in union, to have this dance with God in life that we're in rhythm and step with what He wants. What What is the more for us and how we live larger. And I was thinking back uh, about a decade ago, there's a Nike ad that, that's this way, and I've heard it said different ways before, but everything you need is already within you. Now, now, left in itself, apart from Jesus, that can be very lacking in a statement. But you and I in our journey with Christ, this statement ties into there's so much more in us that God Himself has deposited. What does it look like to become a new creation in Christ Jesus? I'm telling you, we're not living to half the degree, to nth of the degree, that the Christian life is designed and God has equipped us to live. Everything that pertains to life, godly living, has been given to us already. So what is it you need to live a godly life? It's already deposited. I mean, any, any construction guys here, ladies, any, anybody? You got a tool belt? You got a, a toolbox at home? Anybody? You got the tools to do the job? You and I in our Christian journey have been given the tool belt, the toolbox, the supplies that we need to live a successful Christian life. It's already been given. And most of it has been deposited because what the Spirit of God did when you said, I do, to Jesus, when you invited Him in, is He took this, this stony heart, this calloused heart, this, this heart that couldn't engage in life, and He replaced it with a heart of flesh. He, he, he replaced it with a heart that's soft and pliable, it's teachable. And in that, He deposited in His Spirit everything you and I need. And so he turns on the other side of it and, and responds and points to his first John 4, 4 records it. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. 
See, why is what in you greater than what's in the world is because the Spirit of God's deposited inside you. He's the one that's brought life to your dead spirit. And, and on the other side of that, understanding when, when the Spirit of God dwells in you, it shifts everything. That's why in a moment of time, in this season, it might feel like everything's going crazy. You feel like it's unraveling. You feel like life's not okay. And that's what I said. When you get in the journey with Jesus... That's the beauty of it. Things start changing. They start shifting. Paul also wrote to the Christians in Rome, recorded in Romans 8, 11, but, but if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, I, I like how it starts with that word, but. Because it, it shifts. It starts, there's going to be a shift, but. All this is going on, but if the Spirit of the Lord dwells in you, it's that same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. That's an amazing thought. And if that's the same Spirit, He'll also give to your bodies life. Think about that. That's, there's, there's more. There's always more according to His power that is at work within us. God's able to do immeasurably more based off the power, His power, working in us. That is that word dunamis. Dunamis, the violent strength. It's mighty. The idea of miraculous power, ability. That's where we get the word dynamite or dynamic. Power. God is able to do according to His own power that's inside of us. That's working. I mean, think about that. That's, that's an amazing thought. It's God's power working in us that enables God to do immeasurably more. What, what is that like? It's like having this iPad uh, or Apple computer or something, and, and, and the operating system in there enables this Apple product to work. The battery created by Apple is enabling this. The power of God is already deposited, and if we allow it to start working, God, through that power that we've allowed to God use, can eventually be more. And so what is it on us to do to allow that to be accessed? Think about that. See, here's, here's our journey as Christians. A lot of times we're like, okay, God, I want you to do. And we put it on God. God, if you want, if your will is, and God said, whoa, 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 this is a partnership. We're in relationship here. I am giving you power and it's deposited inside you, but you've got to work it. Well, if God wants to show up in my family, to show up, there's some, there's some work you're going to have to do. There, there are some things as you start allowing the word, the scripture to start enacting things, God takes that and above that starts working beyond what you and yourself are able to do. This is an interesting thought because it requires something of us. We, we have to start engaging in the process and asking the question, is, is there anything I can do that will enable God to be working in me on behalf of to a, a, a maximum level. Because there's so much potential. God's seed, His Word is alive. It's predestined to life. Now what am I doing with that? Am I getting the seed inside me? Am I activating that? Am I cultivating that? What am I doing? So so prayer, our prayer life is probably a big part. We've got to partner with God and His principles and His objectives. Prayer. Think about this season. Right now, how's your prayer life? In this season, well, I pray at church. Well, I, I was actually asked out loud to bless the food the other day. I mean, it was powerful. You know, I mean, what, what is your prayer life right now? Is it interactive with God? Is I mean, are you journaling? Are you thinking? Are you driving and talking out loud? And people drive out thinking you're crazy? I mean, like, I mean, you know, what, what, what's your prayer life look right now in this season? Is it white hot? Is it, is it cold? And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to pray, Steve. Hey, you're in good company. The disciples didn't know either. They watch this guy, Jesus, and they're like, man, there's an interaction you have with God that we don't have. So, what does it look like right now? Because I can tell you, when the church, all the way back in Acts, it's recorded by Dr. Luke, started growing this explosive explosion of growth, multiple times in the first few chapters it's penned, they devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer. I love the fact that we show up this morning, and the first thing we do, we're invited into a room of people praying. Why? That's, it, goes, it goes back to the church. How it started. Just leaving it, all the disciples said, hey, go 
back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift, wait for the thing that's going to come and enable you to do. And they gathered together and they prayed. They prayed. So for you, what are you bringing to that equation? doesn't mean everybody in this room has to fit in that one. Now, I'll tell you, they would love that. And they would probably shift the prayer room to here. They wouldn't be arguing with more people wanting to pray. But the fact is, what are you doing in your relationship personally with God in this season, in this, this moment? God wants to strengthen us. He wants to encourage us. And so even when you're looking at the idea of prayer, it's a, it's a two-way conversation. It's a communion. It's a relationship. It's not just your list of, God, what I want you to do, and there's my needs, and if you meet them, I will be happy, thus enjoying the Christian life. Or is it, is it God, what do you think about this? I'm struggling with that at, at home. I'm, I'm dealing with this at work. God, talk to me about what am I not seeing? What do I need to shift in myself, in my perspective? What's wrong in my heart? Where do I need to be healed? What, what filters do I have from past hurts and pains that I'm filtering this through. See, that's the conversation we're getting in with God and then this relationship becomes alive. And then we take the word and we shift and we gather together with someone else where two or three can touch anything on the earth. Matthew even recorded, I, I, Jesus said, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on the earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. See, we want the more. Are we doing the thing that it takes? Are we partnering with the principles and the perspectives of God when it comes to prayer? Are we asking God for bigger things? Living larger looks like seeing through God's eyes, His perspective, His lens. And so oftentimes, even church and Christianity, we're like, you know, give me this day my daily bread and that's all I need. That sounds good, but there's more. Because there's other people around us that need daily bread too. And if my prayer is just for me, I've capped the potential of being larger for the people around me. If we just want what is just for Impact Rock, we miss the city that's around us because there's more. God, my prayer is to meet the bills and meet, you know, just, just meet our needs right here. That's all we need. Man, when's, when's the last time you were praying for all the other churches in Erie? God, meet their needs. Let their, their church be busting at the seams. Why? We're the same team. Same kingdom. We're building the church. What are you partnering with? Your prayer. What is God's heart? The matter. We need to be praying in, in faith. Where are you at in faith right now? What's the, what's the level of faith that you're at? Because God calls us as Christ followers to walk. By faith, not by sight, not by what's tangible and visible and interactive in the natural realm. No, faith calls us to a place that only God can see and his eyes, spiritual eyes open up before us. And now we can see this is his will. This is what we're running to. This is what we're believing for. This is what he promised. And by golly, I'm receiving it. That's what faith looks like. It's a level of trust in the unseen. Not just what you can see, not what already exists, but what God's calling you to and towards. So think about it. We start looking at it. I tell you the truth. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 16, 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing, nothing. Just go on and say it with me, nothing. And I guarantee you, if you looked up that word in Greek, it's going to mean nothing. I, I'm from Texas. Nothing means nothing. There's none. Zip, zilch. You know what I mean? Like, like nothing. Nothing will be impossible. See, but our filter in our church upbringing a lot of times, see, I, I, can, I can journey with someone from another faith or no faith at all. They get born again. They read a scripture like, by golly, I'm going to pray in big prayers. But in the church, we're like, well, you know, I mean, you know, that's kind of a little exaggeration there, Steve. You know, you can't pray for anything. I mean, God's, I mean, there's some things that are just not possible. It, did Jesus say that or your filter from religious upbringing say that? I mean, it's amazing. It starts shifting when you have no filter of past experience of patent. You just take Jesus at his word, things shift, and you and I can start living Larger. Come on, say it. Say, living larger. Second, expecting greater. Expecting greater. What are you expecting God to do 
in this season of your journey. I want you to think about that right now. You might need to write that down. And this week, I, I, here's your next step. Here's, here's your assignment. I want you to think about what are you, like tangibly, what are you expecting God to do in this season? Well, I, you know, Steve, I don't, I don't expect God to do anything. I mean, he's God. I'm just, you know, whatever happens. What are you expecting God? Because you're expecting whether you act you are or not. Because when he doesn't do what you were expecting, you're frustrated. You're mad. Maybe not you. Those join us online. I know, I get it. You're frustrated at God when He didn't do what you were expecting because every one of us have expectation. You have it in your marriage. You have it with your kids. Kids, you have it with your parents. You have it at jobs. You have an expectation no matter who you interact with. And we have it with God. What are you expecting God to do? Because as a good father, there are some good things you can expect from Him. I mean, think about that. There are some great things that God gave you in His Word that tells you this is my character, this is how I do, this is my mo, this is my motivation. And I get it. I know a lot of people are like, well, you just never know what God's going to do. Except He gave you a whole book of what He's done and tells you what He's going to do. And I get it. It feels better because then it takes us out of the equation and we're like, you know, once again, God, whatever you want to do, it's all a mystery. I never figure out God except he endlessly and tirelessly through multiple authors and writers anointed by the Spirit of God to give you a glimpse of his character and how he interacts with us, what he wants for us. There's more. We've got to live larger, but we've got to expect greater. Come on, church, we, we've got to go. This is an, The will of God for your life is an adventure. It's not faint of heart, I'm going to tell you. It's an adventure. You never know in the sense what God will call you into because each step you grow, you mature, you get to a new place, you can do more, you can do more, you can influence more. And I'm telling you, some people in our generations, this moment, this season of life, they want influence, but they're not doing this all the thing right now that it takes for God to entrust them. If you're faithful with a little, you'll be ruler of much. Come on, students telling you there's more but you got to be faithful this season with what god's given you you're anointed to be in the grades you're at right now you're anointed for this season there's more yes and you can't wait for the more but i'm telling you if you're in middle school and you can't wait to high school you're gonna get in high school you can't wait to college you get college you can't wait to get out of college you can't wait to get married you can't wait to have kids you can't wait for the kids to get out of the house i mean like we can live that way the more that's not what i'm talking about there's more that God has for you now to step into, to experience. We've got to expect greater. What are you expecting God to do? Hebrews 10, right before that chapter 11, I started with Hebrews 10, 38 through 9. But my righteous one, that one will live by faith. And I take, God says, I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. We do not belong to those who shrink back we are and are destroyed, but we are those of faith and are saved. So if we're going to expect greater, here's the thing. We've got to grow our capacity. We've got to grow our capacity. Our capacity to learn. Our capacity to forgive. Our capacity to love. Our capacity to influence. We are called by God to grow our capacity. And that looks like, I mean, you know, uh, this week is, is kind of fun. And I don't know whether anybody here, you like to go to the gym or like to work out or feel like that's a plague from Satan. You know, whatever it is, I like to. It's like it's like my hobby. It's like my just get, you know, the, the endorphins going and burn some thoughts off and frustrations off. And I enjoy that. And so I've got this app on my phone, and it's really cool. It's called FitBot, and, and I started back in May. So it's like seven months. It records. It, it's like your own personal trainer. It tells you everything you need to do and keeps track of it. And so for seven months, I finally this last week hit my 80th workout. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And I feel I feel like things are shifting. There's gains. There's there's potential for, for greater things ahead. I'm growing my capacity to engage in the weight and also to take on more. But it's taken 80 workouts and I still don't feel like I'm anywhere close to where I want to be. But I see the gains. I see the process and the progress. And for us, if we're going to expect greater, then for us, there's some work that we have to do to get to a greater place that God can use us. I like the message translation. The Psalms in chapter 14 too says, God sticks out 
his head in heaven. And he looks around. He looks for someone. This kind of goes with what you said earlier. Not stupid. Man, even. God expected. Just one God-ready woman. God is looking for a man, a woman, who is God-expected. God-ready. What are you expecting God to do? Because He's looking towards you and I at our level of expectation to see what are you ready, God, to do through your life. I mean, just imagine. If you had, let's call it an, an expectorator. And I'm an inspector of the inspectorator that you have. What would your expectation level look like right now? Is it high? I mean, are you full of faith? Is there excitement? I mean, what does it look like? Are you passionate? Is there hope? Are you confident? Or, or is that expectorator level low, low, low? Man, there's so much fear and anxiety right now in this season of my journey. I'm frustrated a lot. See, when we look at our expectation level, our expectation level, whether we realize it or like it or not, it really says a lot about who we are or where we're at in the journey. And sometimes our expectation really becomes self-fulfilled prophecy. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, take the story of Job. If you remember, I encourage you to go back, read, read read the book of Job. Amazing what God did to restore and give back more than what he lost. But but there's a phrase that Job used. He said, what I greatly feared has come upon me. See, his expectation was not safety and covering. Job's expectation, because remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so Job himself testifies against himself. What I greatly feared has come upon me. What's your expectation? Is it the worst is going to come? Is it the worst? Well, it's flu season. By golly, I'm just expecting I'm going to get the flu. Self-fulfilled prophecy. What are you expecting? Well, every other relationship's messed up. Well, this one's going to mess up too. What are you expecting? By golly, I have wisdom. I'm going to make the right choice. I'm going to date the right person. I'm going to get the right job. I'm going to work for the right boss. I'm going to be the right boss. I'm going to see expectation, the expectator, if you can get it high and we're in faith and we're obedient and we're working with God, not against God, we're working in tandem, in unity with Him, all of a sudden we realize, man, they are opening up that couldn't have otherwise. Why? Because it's not my ability, it's His ability working in and through me that's opening this door. You see how this works? It all intertwines. you got to live larger, we got to expect greater. There's also a, a, a verse that describes the, the, the spies in numbers that they were sent in to spy out God's promised land. Leaders. Come on, church leaders. Leaders. One from every tribe of Israel. Twelve leaders go in to scout the land to see where the fortresses are, to see the enemy, to see the goodness of the land. They come back. Ten of those spies give an evil report. They said, we can't do this. But we're like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants in the land. Their expectation was, I don't care if God promised it, there's no way we can do this. How many moments in our journey as Christ followers has that been our heart posture to what we know God wants? We're looking at the promise. We're looking at that scripture. We're looking at that, that prophetic word. We're looking like, man, that's awesome. I, it's just not going to happen for me. And we become the cap. We stop the flow of God's more, His abundant above all else. You and I become the cap that limits God moving because we are not expecting greater. Think about that. Paul said, verse 19, we're at that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Okay, just take that one phrase. You there yet? <laughs> no, I'm not. Are, are you there yet? All the fullness of God? None of us are. Come on, say it with me. There's more. There's more. What does the psalmist say? Do we do we take it as just an illustration with a cup and juice or something? My cup overflows. My cup runneth over. Does your life as a cup right now look like it's overflowing with the abundance of God, the blessing of God, the, the peace of God, the joy of God? The, does, is it overflowing? Because there's more. 
that looks like expecting greater. What did you expect when you came in today? Well, I expected that there would be amazing refreshments, eh? good food. I expected Mark's going to in the radio. I expected phenomenal worship. I don't. What did, what did you come in expecting just just today? I'm going to challenge us as a church. Come on, every every Sunday, let's come in expecting to experience His presence during worship. We expect that. We expect in this house to see miracles. We expect the Word of God to speak life into our hearts. We expect our lives to be changed, to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's come in with expectation. High. Expect great. Live larger. Expect greater. Third and last is digging deeper. If we want more, there is more. What does it look like to dig deeper? Dig deeper. Carry in the prayer room, even just pray this over Miss and I. Come on, that they would dig deeper into the things of God. I want to give you one last biblical example of story, and it's found in Second Kings chapter three. It's interesting because Israelites were going to fight the Moabites, so it's a battle. I mean, picture the battle scene, and and the king's like, ah, we've been journeying through this environment. It's dry. We're thirsty. Our, our soldiers are wearing out. Man, I need a word from God. King wants a word from God. His expectation level is, God will give me instruction that will help us. So, you know, he calls a prophet. He said, call the prophet, the the man of God that can hear God's voice and can speak into the situation. So Elijah, Elisha, excuse me, shows up. Elisha shows up. And and it's amazing. Elisha's first response, think about it. any any dignitary or someone you 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 honor invited you to come in and give a word from God. First thing Elisha does, it's amazing. Second Kings three. I encourage you to go back and read the story. It's amazing. But 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 verse fifteen and seventeen it starts with Elijah. The prophet Elijah says, "Now bring me a musician." Church, you want to know why worship so important? Go all through the scripture and you find men of God like that saying, you know what, we got to create an atmosphere for God to speak. You know, I mean, just think about that. You hear right now these, these chords that are, these notes combined. There's the, the spirit moves on sound. And I think you know this. Is it, is it Byron? Byron up here. Got that little bass groove going. That's not just skilled musicianship. It's spiritual. Man, I, I love what Mark was saying. I was in the groove with Byron playing a minute ago. Why? Because there's something to it. What's your name on the guitar? Chris. You love what you do, don't you? You might not outwardly seem like you're very expressive, but you get this joy in your face. It's just the edges kind of go up a little. You look over and you're like, man, this is so good. Why? Because as a musician, they're, they're feeling something. They're inviting you into and the prophet Elijah says, bring me a musician. And in that environment, God starts speaking. And it says, then it happened when the musician, the musician played. The hand of the Lord came upon the man of God. And the words started flowing. See, it's not that, you know, some churches are like, we got, we got to have more worship than word. We got more word than worship. No, it's intent. Once again, the word of God is moving it's alive. It's organic. It rides on spirit. Come on, young people. What you're listening to, you might act like it does not affect you, but music is spiritual. And you're, you're soaking in that spirit. Come on, adults. Music spiritual. Come on, singles. Man, I'm just so, so lonely. Because every song you're listening to is about being lonely. Spiritual, and you get in the right environment. All of a sudden, now God starts speaking, and you know what the word of the Lord is? Work. Make this valley full of ditches. Okay, okay, okay. You with me on this? This is what I just think God. I think God has a humor. You know, just as as Mark was saying earlier about how powerful that moment, how restful, how peaceful. It's like, man, you just didn't want to move. You're like, God, you can speak to me. 
the word of the Lord comes, go work. No, I really think that was not God right now. Oh, come on. Holy Spirit. Go get your shovel and go dig some ditches. No, that's not God. No, God, you're so sweet. This is so nice. The atmosphere set. And the word that came to the prophet for the king, the instruction of the entire army who is exhausted and worn out and thirsty is go out in that valley and dig as many ditches as you can. Because... Thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, you shall not see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. See, see, we, we get a voice, a word, a prophetic word from God, maybe just Scripture. Doesn't mean doing it is going to be easy, but that's our partnership enacting the power inside of us. It may not look glamorous. It's not sexy to go out and dig a bunch of ditches. I've di- How many of you dug some ditches? Did you sweat? Yeah, even living in Colorado. I mean, it's no fun. You, you go try to dig a ditch in Colorado with all the rock. and like, It's frustrating. Like, They're tired. And the word comes, go work. If you're willing to put in the work, I will do the thing that is immeasurably more. What you can't see, the work, digging ditches, was an act of faith. He even told them front, don't be looking for a storm to come in. Don't look for the rain clouds. He said, but this valley is going to be full of water. So the response was not based off comfort. The, the response not expectation of of what I'm going to do is going to achieve this. They provided the environment for God to move. So what they didn't know was below that sand, the rock layer, the bed that was underneath the water was already flowing. They just had to get out of the way the things that were stopping them from encountering, encountering the miracle of God. Once they dug that thing full of ditches, it was full of water. The promise of God. It might require something of us. But I'm telling you, if we're willing to do the hard thing, if we're willing to step out, if we're willing to dig deeper, I mean, what are you digging for? Sometimes, you know, the problem with some of us, even as Christ followers, is we're just trying to dig up dirt on other people. We're trying to dig up the past. So we're just we're we're not just engaged in faith and expecting God to move. We're just we're going the motions, but if we can take a word that God's given us, we can start digging deeper into it, that there's more. God, you have more. I don't know why I'm supposed to take that person for lunch this week. God, I don't know why I'm supposed to pick up and call that person. God, I don't know why, but all of a sudden, something in your heart comes alive. And you're like, you know what? That's going to take a little work. I'm going to have to step out of my comfort zone. But the on the other side of that, it's your Heavenly Father that is able to do immeasurably more than you and I can ask or think. I'm just telling you, God's got more. But the challenge for some of us, and this is kind of where we're going as we we, we kind of close it up together today, is some of us have been too, too frustrated, disillusioned, distracted, disappointed. There's so many things that can come up in the midst. And once again, once again, when the Word of God comes, we're filtering it through our past. And I look at Scripture, and I'm so glad Nahum. He was a Syrian uh, military leader, captain. I'm so glad he didn't stop going down under the water after six times. Because the, the Word was dip under the Jordan River seven times. I'm so glad... The prophet didn't didn't quit sending his his servant to look over over the, the 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 sea to see if a cloud was coming. Why? Because finally there was a moment it broke through. Don't grow weary in well doing, because the promise of God is that you'll see the harvest, you'll see the fruit of your labor. What does it look like for there to be more? Your journey right now, this season of your life. What is the more? that you're believing for. 
promise of God is you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. This is your work, church. This is, this is our job. To seek Him. Seek Him, His wife, His principles above all else. God, you're first, you're foremost. Running after Him. I believe that what God has for you as an individual, you as a family, you as a church, is immeasurably more than you are experiencing right now. I know that's true. So once again, I'm coming in just as a, as a brother, as a friend, as an overseer, a board member, and I'm just going to breathe life into the dream right now. Breathe life into the promise that God's already positive. His spirit's there. Your equipment's there. The tools are there. Let's just activate them. Let's activate them today. Don't wait. Don't put it off today. I've got to, I've got to get healed of my frustration, my, my disappointment, my, my disillusionment. I, I need to lay that at the altar today. I need, to, I need to be done with that. God, I can't let unforgiveness. You heard that word. I can't let it stop me from stepping into the more that you have for me. God, I don't want my limitation to cap even the growth of this church and what you're, what you're doing, God, what your Holy Spirit's doing in the midst of us as a community, as a family. God, I don't want to be a cap to that. God, I, I need to lay that down today. And I need healing in my heart. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on and do that last song. There was just such a powerful anointing and presence on that. And I want us to hear it first. So I want them to play it over you for just a second. And I want your, your spirit, your heart to respond to what God has today. See, the kingdom of God is for whosoever will. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did Jesus die for everybody? Yes. He loves Oh, where you got sinners, Christ died for us. But does everybody acknowledge that? Does everybody receive that? No. Sadly, no. It's His will that none should perish. But not everybody step. See, the kingdom is activated by response. Your heart first. Sometimes it requires saying something, but many times it requires doing something. And I know this church believes in laying on hands. If you if you need us, and I'm going to invite Missy or Mark or whoever, depending on who's up here, maybe you need just a moment with God on your knees. Maybe your chair, maybe sitting there. I don't know. But but for this moment, I'm going to challenge you: do not waste it. Activate the faith that's in your heart right now, that's in your spirit. Activate that. But let's live larger. Let's expect greater. Let's start digging deeper into the things of God. Because his promises, there's more. And he's able to do it for you. Amen.